History History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Rachel. She's back. She's back. Yeah. I was lonesome, a lonesome dove for a little bit. Poor baby. But she's back. They got some Patreon content. Here we are. We got everything going on. Can you hear my dog licking herself right now? No, I can't. It's (laughs) fine. You're going to probably hear my child saying, (laughs) oh, God. Because she's upstairs cleaning her playroom and it's a freaking mess, man. Not going well. <laughs> Not. It's an avalanche situation. Um, I put a, a piece of string around her so I can find her in the event. <laughs> Something to pull her out with. Yes. <laughs> so. Poor so anyway, kid. yeah. Welcome to episode 86 on 86. real life scary movies. I like it. I love I'm it. I'm excited. Me too. I'm so excited. I'm excited to share some information. Yes. And I'm excited to learn it real good. We're all good. So before we jump in, we do have some business to attend to. Not a whole mm-hmm. lot. Um, but just like, the usual. Yeah. So what's the use? Like, share, subscribe, please. Tell your friends. Yes. All Bring a buddy. Tell a friend. All the buddies. Bring them Do to it. us. Do it. They won't be disappointed. Or maybe they will. And then they can just not listen anymore if exactly. they are. Exactly. 2022. <laughs> new year. Same Bringing us. it in hard. Ugh. I've been Sorry. awful. You got any resolutions over there, sister? To not have a resolution. Because I do not. I go hard for like a week. And then I'm like, mm, nah. I've been less than my best self lately. <laughs> I have been like late to work every day uh, this year, pretty much. I was going to do a dry January, and I'm pretty sure I've drank six out of the seven days of January so far. <laughs> have hey. not worked out. I, <laughs> You know, not... why set yourself up for failure? 2022 is just going to be the year that we're gonna just be survive yeah <laughs> because just, we've been surviving living i know for, for two years we've just it's been, been weird flying by the seat of our pants yeah two, my pants have gotten a little bit bigger because i've gained a little weight oh this week mine have but, i've had uh, you know do you buy just, this is so off topic and not business do you buy like chips and stuff in individual packages no, because then I just eat 37 of them. Yeah, because this is what I did. <laughs> I bought a bag of potato chips and in individual packages, which they are for my children, admittedly. Yeah. And today I'm eating them and I was like, oh, good. So I'll know what a portion size of chips is. Uh, incorrect. I ate three bags of potato chips, which is my <laughs> normal portion, which is 40 like 410 calories <laughs> and it was something. worth and it I was like well as I'm eating my third bag I'm like dang I I'm not allowed to eat chips because I can't <laughs> help myself even if they're individually wrapped <laughs> like this is a problem uh, when I get, don't, I don't get them just get a bag don't get individually wrapped chips not a individually bag wrapped is, chips, but you know what I mean <laughs> well, a big bag is individual you know what I mean Ugh. 
I mean, yeah. And I, I don't, was, I don't it just like shows it. Me, it shows me that I have no idea what a single portion of chips is. We're just <laughs> because, hungry. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah not enough. Yourself. Not enough. Treat just disappointing. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and you know what? I, this, this year, I don't even care. I have really bad, like depression whenever it gets dark early mm-hmm. and like, it's been raining for three damn days just like the what's his name kid rock he knows some stuff he knows now it's freezing yeah it went from like 65 to like two Mm -hmm. not i think it's gonna be warmer again this weekend so you're probably gonna get migraines sweet sorry about your life sweet yeah it's no good but on to good news yeah we got two new five-star reviews Mm -hmm. you want to read it Okay, so this was not on. He he listens, Mr. Paul. We won't say your last name for confidentiality purposes, <laughs> but he sent us a message on Instagram, and uh, Spotify came out with this new thing. I posted about it before. You couldn't do anything on Spotify, and I hated it because some people, Lots of- yeah, listen to everything on Spotify. Like me, right. I listen to my music on Spotify. Um, so you, you couldn't review, you couldn't do anything. So now you can give a five-star review, which I highly suggest, please. Or, um, but you still can't comment like you can mm. on Apple. So he wanted to, he gave us a five-star on Spotify, but he wanted to drop us a few lines. So he said, I just recently found your show. So I am trying to catch up. I'm listening from the beginning as well as the current ones. Oh, I think you meant I love this show. Mm -hmm. It has filled my whole workday since I found it. I love the banter between everyone. And honestly, one of my favorite things is when you mess stuff up and mispronounce things. So literally, guys, we got you day every episode. (laughs) Yeah, every single episode. (laughs) He said that I don't like podcasts that overproduce, which we don't because I'm not great. Mm -hmm. Let's just Mm -hmm. be real. And like everyone else, I like the way that you say grandma. What is with this? What is, is it? The emphasis on the ma? Is it not grandmother? Grand- I don't know. Grandma. 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 I don't Tell know. Us. Us it us. doesn't sound weird to me. No, that's how we say it. Grandma. <laughs> somebody somebody pronounce it in the other way. Yes. Yeah, send, send us, us. <laughs> a voice message on Anchor. Yeah. Yes. Um, everybody. <laughs> So it's just, we need all of the pronunciations of grandma <laughs> and then I can throw them all together and we can do like a thing. It'll be awesome. Yes. Uh, but being from the mid or from West Virginia, it doesn't sound foreign to me. So apparently Perfect. we're West Virginian. <laughs> he said, thank you and look forward to more time with your pod. Um, and then he gave us a topic, Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, which is a great suggestion. We're going to add that to our list. Mm-hmm. And then he said he promises Rachel will get a voicemail. <gasps> Yay! So I'm excited. Paul, tell us how you say grandma. That's one of the most important things. Yeah. Must be included in said voicemail. Yes. <laughs> so thank you very much for leaving us that. We love seeing those. Send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, drop us a voicemail on Anchor, whatever. Just we love to read these things. They're amazing. Did you, do you call your grandma? Did you call your grandma grandma? Mm-hmm. Grandma. Oh, okay. I have a mamma and well, a papa. Evie has a Mimi, a Mimal, a Mimu, and a grandma. 
That's a lot. That's a lot. She's she, lucky. She keeps them straight too, man. I'll be like, "Are you gonna go see your Mimu? I mean, Mimo, me, Mimi, whatever one." And she's like, Bees. "Mom, it's me." <laughs> and I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah. sorry." She knows what's up. She does. You want to read our next one? Yes. So Jane in Great Britain, that's exciting, gave us a five-star review and said, brilliant podcast. Each episode is filled with the right mix of information and anecdotes that makes it feel like you're listening to friends you have made. Love it. And we love you. Yes, we do, Jane. (laughs) That was my my grandma's name, Jane. It's a good name. It is a good name love it so thank you everyone make yeah, us yeah thank good. you guys mm-hmm. we guess what we're gonna do <laughs> i know what we're gonna do <laughs> we are going to extend <laughs> the sticker and the handwritten love note if you join our patron patreon yep. patreon two dollars five dollars you get all kinds of crap good crap mm-hmm. that's right the kind best crap mm-hmm so go to the kind of crap you need. Yep. Go to patreon.com backslash mystery history podcast backslash we rule mm-hmm. backslash totally awesome. <laughs> no, that's not true. See our different face. <laughs> Anybody's ever seen sex drive, you'll know what we're talking about. And you're welcome. And um, also, if you haven't seen Sex Drive, underrated movie, and you need to go watch it. <laughs> right now. Stop this immediately podcast and go just go watch, watch it. it love that movie yeah so good so good <laughs> so that's all we have for the business we're excited yeah. about 2022 yes. we got yeah. january's topics already mapped out um my brother might be joining us for a few don't hold any breath he's redoing the bathroom he's redoing the bathroom it's going to take him two months <laughs> one to two months <laughs> but he might be Join. joining and he can join anyone. He's also doing our um, our graphics now. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate him very much so for doing very that. Much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Love it. Feeling good. Perfect. Yeah. It's a new year. Pumped about it. Hey, do you remember when we did the question thing on Patreon where yeah. you and I just asked each other questions? We should do that again. I liked that. You want to do that? Like, maybe we could do it. For my own could- self. <laughs> what because you're just you're all about you no I just feel like it's nice because like actually I think I just liked talking to you like I don't know we're on the phone yeah like I felt like we were just on the phone and answering questions and like learning stuff I think it's good that it's on Patreon because like probably people don't care (laughs) or if you do care let us know and we'll drop one here too maybe we'll do a patron and a regular one Oh, yeah. See, and I thought that was fun. We should do that again. That was fun. It's like a dating game. It is. (laughs) We've been married for 25 years. That's right. And for the long haul over Mm -hmm. here. Best friends forever. All right. So are you ready to get started? Please. Let's do that. I'm excited about these because, you know, like being interested in this kind of stuff, these were... um, not all of them. I guess Scream, I kind of knew. But the other ones, I didn't really realize that they drew inspiration from the things that they did. So I thought it was like, you know, something that maybe not everybody's already heard about. Well, and I just thought like like Nightmare on Elm Street, which is the first one we're going to talk about, Friday the 13th, 
all of this Jason, you know, Friday, Jason, Jason is Friday the 13th, but um, Halloween, all of those, I thought they were just like, hey, Halloween did a great job. Let's jump on this bandwagon. And it's interesting to know that they actually kind of at least tried to pull something from somewhere. Um, yeah, they and, came from somewhere else yeah, a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So the first one, like you said, is Nightmare on Elm Street. And I didn't know about this. And the inspiration was drawn from the killing fields in Cambodia. Oh, tell me more. So, yeah. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Nightmare on Elm Street first for anybody that doesn't watch movies. <laughs> Uh, so the plot follows four teenagers living on one street in a fictitious town of springwood ohio i was not aware it was in ohio yeah and doesn't springwood sound similar to everywhere around here yeah (laughs) but specifically one city yeah (laughs) very close by yeah um so a monstrous spirit of a child murderer invades and kills them in their dreams and they die in reality the bladed leather glove killer, Freddy Krueger, seeks revenge from the kids whose parents were responsible for his demise. So there's a little background on the movie if you haven't seen it somehow. Johnny Depp, was it was his mm-hmm. first role. Yeah, first big role for, for Mr. Depp. Um, so in an interview with Vulture, filmmaker Wes Craven revealed that A Nightmare on Elm Street plot was inspired by an article um, from the L.A. Times, and it was about a family who escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and managed to get to the United States. So I didn't know what the killing fields of Cambodia were. So it sound good. It's not. Okay. It's not good. No. OK, so let me tell you about it. Mm-hmm. The, the killing fields are a number of sites in Cambodia where collectively more than 1 million people were killed and buried by Khmer Rouge regime, the Communist Party of Kampuchea. You're welcome, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting you started early. Kampuchea? I mean, that, that real? looks good. <laughs> That sounds right to me. Rouge sounds The first thing is not. I don't know. I have questions about your first one. Okay, fine. So (laughs) during its rule of the country from 1975 to 1979, immediately after the end of the Cambodian Civil War, which was this 1970 to 1975, the mass killings are widely regarded as part of a broad state-sponsored genocide. So I was right. It's not good. It's not good. So like it says, it's state sponsored, basically um, more than a million people died in these places. So sponsored. So that means they're like, this is a great idea. Let's do this. This is like, oh, the regime of who was ruling the country at the time. So the family stated that things were fine for them. And then suddenly their young son was having very disturbing nightmares. The kid told his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him. So he tried to stay awake for days at a time. And if I don't think I could do it, I'd be the first one to go. That is terrifying. That is to be. And like, as a parent trying to like help with that, like, oh, how awful. I have a very strict no kids in my bed rule, but there would be kids in my bed. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's sad. Um, Craven mentioned that when the child finally fell asleep, his parents thought that the crisis was over. So he started sleeping. Then they heard screams in the middle of the night. And by the time they got to him, he was dead. Oh, no. The boy died in the middle of a nightmare. 
And the director asserted that he was a youngster having a vision of a horror that everyone older was denying. And he admitted that it became the central line of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. And I'll tell you Mm -hmm. what, I rarely remember my dreams, but Mm -hmm. last night I took NyQuil because I've been super sick and stuffy and everything like that. So I took NyQuil and I didn't eat anything because I had to get blood work. So it wasn't any kind of food that I ate, but I tell you what, I woke up like on my, with my alarm clock and I had a dream about Josh, my husband, and I don't exactly remember what it was, but it was terrifying. And it was about him doing something really bad. And I woke up and he was in the bedroom and I was like, <laughs> super sus. Yeah. Like, what are like, you doing here? Like, not that he lives he here. Lives here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so crazy how like something like that can just totally, or like, have you ever had a dream that, you know, um, somebody did something to you in a dream and you're still salty about it, even though like, there's no way it mm-hmm. happened. But yeah. And you but it felt them. real. Yeah. yeah. Like, how could you do that to me? Do you ever have dreams? Do you ever have dreams where you um, like wake up and then go to sleep and you're like right back in that dream and Mm -hmm. you're like F and then you have to wake up again and then you have to stay awake to like cut the dream off or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so weird. I feel like, you know, I have very vivid dreams and I don't have them as much as I used to, but I remember when I was younger, I used to have like very vivid dreams of people chasing me or trying to get me all the time. And then I yeah. went through a spell of having zombie apocalypse dreams all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. And, and so I could see where something like that, like if you are so gripped by fear, you could mm-hmm. like have a heart attack. Yeah. So to talk a little bit about this, there were many other stories around the same time of people dying in their sleep in the U.S. in the late 1970s. And at the time, it was termed as a medical condition, and it was called Asian death syndrome, as most of the people that were affected were of Southeast Asian descent, and they were residing in the U.S. Hmm. The victims would suddenly scream in their sleep, and then they would die. And there's not much knowledge surrounding this phenomenon that happened but there was some so wow that's nuts and it's crazy that it's all the southeast asian like well you'll find out why in a second a little bit okay Mm -hmm. so let me tell you about this so kirshner an associate professor of pathology of the university of chicago undertook a systematic study of the problem His results based on the data from the Federal Center of Disease Control and autopsies of 18 night terror victims was reported in the Journal of American Medical Association in 1987. All of the 18 hearts were slightly enlarged and 17 showed defects in their conduction systems, the array of fibers that carries electronic impulses from the brain to the heart. The fibers were frayed and curled as if Kirshner says their hearts just shorted out. So essentially it was kind of like a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, mean, it was their hearts that gave out. mm -hmm. Yes. So it's Kirshner's theory that something at night, perhaps a random electronic discharge and yes, perhaps a nightmare overloaded these defective hearts causing the sudden deaths. This makes the nightmare death all the more curious since studies of white people who die suddenly aren't showing the same defects. So when they do autopsies, they weren't showing the same defect. 
And Kirshner speculates genetics probably plays a large role in the defect, which may be present from birth. Okay. Night. Yeah. Nightmare deaths are only found in certain Asian populations. Like it's not, I don't think it's only found, but they were found in these Asian populations, the from Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, as well as the Philippines, and then some in Japan, but it wasn't reported in China. So stress is probably a factor. Most of the deaths occurred the first two years after refugees arrived, and it could be the strain of leaving home, coming to a strange land. Also the like terrors of what they were sure. refugee from. And, um, it has been said that this not has been said this phenomenon has subsided. So this from time. that, yeah, from the time when there was like <laughs> genocides and things going on in these Asian communities, it has subsided. So it sounds like it was all directly related to, you know, those genocides, you know, what they were running from and then stress, and then having more stress coming somewhere new. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, everything, I, your whole life, mm-hmm. you don't know how to speak probably the language, how our custom, you know, whatever, all of that stuff would be super stressful. And then mm-hmm. I'm sure you've witnessed so much stuff like, oh, yeah, just the terrible. trauma and everything around it. So yeah. And that's where Nightmare on Elm Street got its, got its origins. Well, that is very interesting. I thought so too. I love Wes Craven. R.I.P. He's great. He is the best. The best. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one we're going to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, is Silent Hill in Centralia, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Did you know about this? I think I had heard about it, but probably I feel like I've heard about it and like you've heard about it because of family in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like we're just more familiar with the area, and I don't think everyone knows about it. Okay, yeah, because. Whenever Silent Hill, I didn't know whenever it was because it was based off the game and then the mm-hmm. movie came out. I watched the movie and then I started kind of hearing bits and pieces about this town in PA. And then it's yeah. my interest even more because of our family from there. So, right. Um, so the 2006 horror film Silent Hill was partially inspired by the town of Centralia, PA. The film itself is an adaptation of the Silent Hill video game series which was first released by Konomi in 1999. Silent Hill was directed by Christoph Gans. Gans, Gans, probably. (laughs) And written by Roger Avery, Christoph Gans, and Nicholas Bocrief. The three began adapting the video game series into a film during 2004. Avery later revealed that while imagining an unsettling location for the film's story, he was inspired by Centralia, Pennsylvania. So according to Avery, he heard many stories about Centralia while growing up since his father was a mine engineer. The town's sinkholes, long burning mine fire and fog would all make their way into his adaptation of the video game series. The parallels between the villages of Centralia and Silent Hill are easily visible in the film. Silent Hill is located in coal region of West Virginia, just as Centralia was founded in a coal mining area in Pennsylvania. In the town of Silent Hill, a thick blanket of fog and ash descended from the sky. While Centralia lacks falling ash, it has plenty of fog, gases, and steam venting from the underground mine fire. The town of Silent Hill also has huge cracks 
and fissures in the road. These are also found in Centralia, especially along the abandoned section of Route 61. Finally, in the movie, it is eventually discovered that Silent Hill was abandoned 30 years before due to a coal seam fire, and this is exactly what caused Centralia, Pennsylvania to be evacuated and raised during the 1980s. Isn't that terrifying? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a fire burning underneath. Underground. You. Yeah. And it isn't it still burning? Uh, yeah, I think it's still burning. And that's why that nobody can live there. And that's why there's still steam mm-hmm. or whatever uh gases yeah. <laughs> coming up from the ground. Yeah. That yeah, that's terrifying. That just there could be that that can happen. That's <laughs> where, period. That's where stuff lives in my anxiety. I was driving the <laughs> other day. And you know how, like, so there's tornadoes, there's tsunamis, there's hurricanes. And I'm like, you know, Ohio is probably, like, pretty safe bet. We did have a really bad tornado that we never thought we'd have because we're in a valley. But I was like, that might be pretty, that might be okay. And then as I was driving down the highway, I was like, or it could be, like, New Orleans and we could be underwater. Mm -hmm. Or I could just run into a big sinkhole and... yeah never be seen again. I feel like, did we already have this conversation? I feel like we might've had this conversation. Maybe it was on the phone or something. I feel like we've got the best bet as far as like inclement weather, like natural mm-hmm. disaster things go just tornadoes. They're terrifying. Like mm-hmm. do not get me wrong. They do a ton of damage. They're very scary, but it's like an area and then it goes through and then it's done. And then right. you do very the cleanup, quick. but like mm-hmm. with hurricanes and stuff like that like water can be you can be flooded for a long time and can't get away it's just I don't know we do I mean I don't know I guess you pick your poison in that mm -hmm. but well like whenever I was little we would go we went to so I don't know if anybody's familiar with this but in Pennsylvania in Johnstown, there was a really bad flood when the dam broke and it killed a lot of people. It was way back mm-hmm. in the day. They have a museum. We went to the museum and the whole time I've always never been afraid of flooding. Cause I'm like, I yeah. can swim. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just, no. I, in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's rising really slow. I'll get on my couch and then I'll get on a dresser and then I'll just tread water. Like Winnie That's the not Pooh. how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> get like, in your honey pot. Yeah. Float yeah. down the water. <laughs> and that's not how it really works. And no, unless you see it like happen, your mind really has a hard time comprehending. Well, that. you know, we had the 1913 flood mm-hmm. here and that's why there's all those dams around now. Yeah. But this area is prone to flooding, but yeah. because we have all the infrastructure in place now. Yeah. I live two streets away from the river and thankfully not in a floodplain because we have the levee, mm-hmm. but yeah. it is scary. It's, it is. I live really close to a river too. We got yeah. lots of water going on over here. We do. <laughs> but yep. All right. Now the last one to talk about is Scream. Favorite movie ever made. <laughs> the best. <laughs> so then the 1996 horror movie Scream has become a staple in the horror movie lineup. And for a good reason. When the movie was first released, it made $173 million at the box office, making it one of the highest earning slasher films of all time. Scream is also often accredited with bringing back the horror film genre, becoming an instant cult classic. 
in the teen slasher film, two killers stalk and kill teen after teen over the course of days. The murders terrorize the small fictional town of Woodsboro, California. It's freaking sweet, man. I'm so pumped for the next one. It's coming out like the 14th. I know. We got to see it. Are Are you going to the movie theater? We got to because I got to get popcorn. We got to plan a date day. Okay. Get it in but the we schedules. Gotta, we got to eat popcorn. That's well, my thing. yeah. Obviously. So let me sidetrack us real quick. So mm-hmm. I was watching me and Josh and Evie went to go see Spider-Man, which is amazing. Everybody should go see it, it. No spoilers, but it is so good. And I'm sitting there and then it plays like a rock concert thing. It's like you know what would be amazing is if they did rock concerts with theater seating they do sometimes not like in but i'm talking a live show oh not like a recording i'm talking no like, i uh, want no yeah, i do get away from me i could eat popcorn i could no. have a drink I could how relax. dare you don't I, bet. I am so upset right now. I am have so you, upset right now. Are you are you 35? <laughs> no, you're not yet. So you don't even have room to talk. I went to a show and we got there a half hour early. By the time the headliner played, I thought I was dead. Standing Get up away from me. For- <laughs> now I do also want you to know I was really, really sick. But fine. I don't like people touching me. Don't touch people me. sitting down at concerts are the bane of my existence. If you are physically handicapped, by all means, yes, sit down. I will not stand in front of you. Otherwise, get up. These people are playing for you. Dance. I hate you. Don't dance. Stand there and rock back and forth, Beach. That's You're what I fine. Do. I know that's what you do. We've been to concerts together and that's totally acceptable. And then I say, I'm tired. Not, yeah. Most of the time <laughs> when we do go to concerts together, no, the last concert we went together, I was like, I'm standing up. <laughs> do you remember and that? All the people behind I'm us like, are like, like ah. yeah. And I'm like, why the hell do we pay for these seats? If my butt's not going to be in them. That's what I, I know. Well, maybe I should only get like standing tickets, but seriously, I think it's so disrespectful when really? people are sitting during concerts. Absolutely. Is this and a classical music show? Then sit down. If it's a concert, music. get up. <laughs> I can, I tell you what, I can drum my feet with the best of them and they will know I appreciate them as I'm shoving are, popcorn in my mouth we are and not have my same. feet reclined. We are not the same. <laughs> hey, friends of the podcast, are you sitters or standers at concerts? And I, I feel very recliner, strongly man. about this. <laughs> and I don't even care. Give them a recliner. Play your guitar from a recliner. I don't oh care. Oh, my God. I am, in my age, I'm all about comfort. All so about it. Order a concert on the TV no, and it's sit not on the your same. couch. No. Like, stop. I need the music flowing through my veins in live. Then stand up. <laughs> okay, people, we have a dilemma. We're about to fight to the death. I know. So tell us are. what you think because I'm all about this. I bet I can make a lot of money with with your theater seating at the concerts. Uh, yeah. Have you ever been to a baseball game? And they raffle off those two super cushy seats. They're like, please, please, please let it be. That would be. That's the not best. the same thing. People sit down at baseball games. 
you should not be sitting at concerts. What kind of concerts are you going to where it is socially acceptable for you to be sitting? None whenever I go with you. Okay. <laughs> but other people that I know enjoy Because I will force you to stand up. <laughs> Never going with you again. Yes, you will. I know. All right. Moving Back on. Back to it. Back Sorry. to it. This is very important though. And we'll be continued. I need to know. We should set up a poll on uh, Insta or something. Oh, oh. yeah. You a sitter okay. or a stander? Y'all better be standers. Y'all better be <laughs> on my side. I did. No. And this is trademarked, this idea. Nobody can steal it. <laughs> I need money. Your theater seating? Yeah. You're going to make no money. I guarantee you I will. People oh are goodness. lazy. We live in America. Ugh. Come on. Gross. Okay. Moving on. Yes. Danny Rollins. Is it your turn? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to go. <laughs> go ahead. Because I'm offended by you. <laughs> I'm offended by you. <laughs> Danny Rolling was a serial killer who was born and raised in Shreveport, Louisiana in 1954. We're talking about Scream also, just to mm-hmm. bring it back. <laughs> That's where we started. Uh-huh. His father was a police officer who abused his mother. Rowling spent time in and out of trouble in his youth with several arrests for robberies. And he was also caught spying on women as they changed, which is creepy as hell. Creep. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Don't do one it. Time, one time when I lived with my dad, they ha- I lived in a back room and there was a big bay window and I was changing and my boobs were out and the freaking DPNL guy walked right past and I waved. <laughs> Like hello. Boobs out. Oh yeah. Oh, good to see you, buddy. He saw my nips for sure. You're welcome. <laughs> Best day ever. Moving on. Oh, good. Okay. Love but it. don't do that. Don't be a creeper. No. He wasn't a creeper. He was just doing his job. Yeah, no, not the DPNO guy. That's our electric <laughs> company. In 1990, he tried to kill his father. Don't do that either. Not cool. Seceding only in taking the man's eye and ear. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Didn't kill him, but got his eye in his ear. I'd be pissed. I think that would rat red flag him on something. Mm-hmm. Rowling would commit the crime that inspired the Scream movie just a few months after the murder attempt on his father. He headed to Gainesville, Florida and went on a grisly crime spree. Over four days in August 1990, he would stalk, stab, and kill five college students, four females, one male. Christina P. Powell, 17, Sonia Larson, Late Hoyt, 18, Tracy Inez Pauls, and Manuel R. Taboda, and they were both 23. All of them died in the killing spree. All of the young women were students at the University of Florida who were ripped away from their families in a shocking manner. His pattern was the same, breaking into apartments while residents were asleep, stabbing them in their beds. He raped the women before killing them, and then his male victim was a roommate of one of the girls who was killed in his bed after being awoken by the attack. That's my worst nightmare is like, because whenever you're asleep, you're yeah, so you're vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yeah. There's no, and, and it's like random too. Right. There's no rhyme so, or reason. Right. Exactly. Rolling mutilated his female victims after raping and killing them, leaving severed heads and corpses staged in lewd sexual positions for authorities to find. 
Rowling was arrested a month later by a burglary charge in nearby Alcala and, and after a time became a suspect in the Gainesville murders. DNA evidence eventually matched him to the crimes and he was formally charged with several counts of murder. You and your brother did a did a podcast on him, I think. Right? We might have touched on this, yes, but we didn't do like a specific. Oh no, no, no. You're right. He it was just him. Ward oh, okay. did one on him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I kind of like grazed over the situation because yeah. I'm pretty sure there that you were, there was already a podcast about it. Yep. Um, Rowling pled guilty to his crimes in 1994, explaining that he wanted to become famous like Ted Bundy. After his confession for the Gainesville murders. Rowling are admitted to killing three people in Shreveport in a similar way to the Gainesville crimes, and he was executed by lethal injection in the Florida State Prison on October 25th, 2006. He changed his mind. Like, he spent a long time gearing up for this trial, and he changed his mind at the last minute and put in a guilty plea, and that guilty plea that he put in was when he was like, oh, I want to be famous like Ted Bundy. And then he so. died then he died cool dude as as you do so fame Mm -hmm. hope it was worth it certainly not kevin williamson was watching a 1994 episode of abc news turning point and he and as he watched he looked around his home realizing how easily someone could come in and surprise him after that experience he began writing the scream screenplay which is true Mm -hmm. we're so comfortable in our homes Mm mm-hmm like so comfortable in too comfortable yeah even walking up to the door i'm checking my phone you know not paying attention no somebody could easily be watching my i I come home never mind yeah i know how much do you want to give up about how nothing's happening i'm very alert yeah exactly like how much do you want to say because i know like we're not locked down here like we aren't as careful as we need to be like the doors don't get locked all the time the like it that just what you want to tell people well i mean our front door gets locked all the time the back door all the doors are locked. locked we got dogs i mean yeah, you, you, when you really think about it yeah, yeah you can't the, we got a raccoon last night you would have thought <laughs> the end of the world was happening in our florida room yeah i and i know it was a raccoon because the cat food was being drug out <laughs> <laughs> that's what the raccoons they're so do cute. They're i their know paul's we have we get raccoons all the time because we do this we leave the back florida room door open not all night but like before the last time we let the dogs out and raccoons come in and get cat food all the time because that's where we put the cat's bowls and I had this one raccoon and we were so good she was so beautiful and we were best friends and then she brought her boyfriend and her boyfriend is not afraid of anything Uh and that's when we had to start like locking it down (laughs) like we had to tell her she couldn't come back Brian (laughs) it's it was bad it was bad this raccoon boyfriend one time was out in the front and Brian was like trying to get it away from the front yard. Right. And it ran out into the street and Brian like went after it to try to shoot it away. And he like stood his ground. The raccoon did not Brian. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brian turned around and ran back into the house and got a shovel. And he was like dragging the shovel, making all of this noise to scare this raccoon. And the raccoon did not give a single shit. I was like, Brian, get back in the house. 
to take it over. (laughs) And we had to put the kibosh on the feeding of the raccoons that was going on in my house. But yeah, I just, I hope she got away from that guy. I know she deserves so much better. (laughs) I called her Jasmine. (laughs) She, she had babies too. At one point they were so cute. I can't, I'm not, I'm not a good neighbor. We've got (laughs) outdoor cats cats that roam the neighborhood and they're fixed, you know, they, whatever, but we also feed raccoons and yeah, nothing good goes on over here. Your dogs get out all the time. Oh yeah. All my neighbors know Charlie because (laughs) he got out so much. River just goes to the front door. Uh Like if she gets out, she walks around the house and goes to the front door. Like, please let me in. Mm. Charlie leaves. Let me see what's around these parts. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the worst because he's a golden retriever. I'm like, somebody's Mm going to take this dog. Yeah. He's he's an idiot. He is, but he's such a sweet boy. (laughs) He Uh. is not okay river's the one that would bite somebody trying to come in the house though because uh-huh. yeah because she's bit people before <laughs> <laughs> she's so stocky no and aggressive i she love her is. she's the best but yeah i don't know i mean the story influenced scream and i don't know i think it's really interesting to hear where where these people that write these horror films do get their inspiration from because it's just from every day, not every day, but like events that yeah. have occurred that, you know, spark the imagination. So, mm-hmm. and these were just some that I hadn't heard of quite as frequently as like Ed Gein inspiring literally everything that is right. disgusting. Right. So. Well, this was very interesting. I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad. I will cite my sources now, if that's okay with you. Do it. Okay, so I used republicworld.com, Wikipedia, cdc.gov, latimes.com, centraliapa.org, oxygen.com, and ourcommunitynow.com. Awesome. All right. Lots of places. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode 86 on real life scary movies. Mm -hmm. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.